Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Not getting enough Triple M footy? Or did you miss something and need to go back and have another listen? Get the Triple M NRL podcast. It's available right now on the Triple M NRL app. Sunday, a day to worship. Worship a small egg-shaped ball. Oh, no, he drops the ball. Just as long as I'm here in your arms, I could be in no better place. I've got to respect the ball. You're simply the best. Long live the weekend. Long live rugby league. Woo! Oh, you got to love your rugby league. Be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Welcome to the Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Welcome to the Sunday Sinbin for our friends at Bryden's Lawyers. One 848 What a beautiful day it is in the Harbour City today. Beautiful blue sky. We're at ANZ Stadium. Love being here too for this uh, final this afternoon between Newcastle and the Rabbitohs. We'll have that game for you live as we'll have all the finals games, grand final, all up into Origin, all live on the Triple M Network. What a show coming up! Kevy Walters joins us, the new Broncos coach. Tommy. Starling from the Raiders as well. So far this round, Penrith 29, Roosters 28. Penrith have a week off. Roosters will play the Raiders. Uh, Canberra 32, Sharks 20. Sharks done for the year. Parramatta were beaten by the Storm 36-24. Storm have a week off. Parra will play the winner of today's game. Uh, Mike Acevo gone for the year. Other injuries. Cam Munster, a knee injury, but he is hopeful to be back in a fortnight. Blake Ferguson scams tomorrow. The boys will just jump in and tell me if they have any updates on that. Gordy Tallis is in transit from Brisbane to the Gold Coast. The Frizzells called him and said, we need you here urgently. So as he does with the Frizzells, he dropped everything and he's heading to the Gold Coast. Now, Paul Kent, welcome to you. Thanks, Anthony. Nice to be here. At least, uh, at least we got here on time today, mate. Yeah. So I know the whole change in... In uh, daylight saving has, has created a few issues. Gordy obviously hasn't figured it out. Even though in Queensland there is no daylight <laughs> saving, he still couldn't figure it out. So uh, disgraceful, disgraceful performance from the big guy. Yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll be sure to remind him when he gets here. All right. And uh, Triceps Hooper, welcome to you, mate. Good afternoon, Anthony. You're looking particularly dapper today. What's yeah. going on? Oh well, I've got a, I've got a, um, I've uh, look. I don't want to say too much. <laughs> you <laughs> will be. Yes, I've got a. Uh, all right, if you must know. No, I'm uh, I'm up for an award today, so I've worn my I've worn a suit. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Fanny on the cut. So you've walked in mm. like a, a like a, a knockoff of the Sopranos. <laughs> you've got the black suit, Half the black the black shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, well, do you know the black suit and the black shirt? That went out in the eighties, did it? The Don Johnson well, rid of all that. I, I, I look. I don't know if Christine said to me, "Wear this black shirt and wear these uh, black trousers." And that wear looks that. like it's her black shirt, by yeah. the way. <laughs> well, it wouldn't fit her, but she said, "Wear that lovely floral tie you got at the Y Kelly Outlet last time we we're in Honolulu." Oh, okay. uh, that's well, that was nineteen ninety five. The Y Kelly Outlet, or was it the Kelly Country Outlet? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it was the Y what. Kelly Outlet. Ferdinand, you look like Johnny Sack out of The Sopranos, yeah. <laughs> and you look like Ginny, his yeah. wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not fair mate, on Ginny, mate. Hey, yeah. Don't insult no. Ginny like that. Well, don't insult mate. Johnny. Insult Johnny. Well, I wasn't. Mm. Mate, so you, you, look, we've been on the show for three minutes yeah. and you're fat shaming. I wasn't fat shaming. You you was you just assuming I went there. He well, said I look like Johnny. Mate, you have got form in this area. Yeah, okay? yeah. So let's just keep it polite. All right. I'm sorry. I wasn't fat shaming anyone. So what's your award you're picking up? I don't want to go into it. You know I do well, it. Fair I, bit of, huh? It's not an award. Listen, you know it's what I do. It's an extra room. You know let's, I do. Come on, well, mate. Well, I've heard that. I've heard you, you, I heard you doing a function for the rabbit yeah. after, after you finish your shift here. Yeah. yeah. Which well, is with a little cash job you're picking no. up that you don't... Oh, 
Can I just be clear? Can I just be clear? It's back. Yes, it's back. I, I don't do – I do a lot of stuff for the Rabbitohs and it's all for the love. So there's no money changing hands. Really? It's a love job. Because that way, like, you can't put love on the books, can you? Well, you can't, no. You can't write an invoice to love. Anthony, I can't tell you how much it warms my heart that in a really challenging year for everybody in these COVID times, yeah. you have still managed to find, on top of your <laughs> triple M <laughs> – Regular work. Yeah. You've also still managed to find some additional Red yeah. Rocket Industries. Anyone heading out here. What about here, your right? ability to double dip? <laughs> but, mate, I'm not getting an urn <laughs> today. It, oh, please. Oh, We've got to stick to the truth. We've got to stick to the truth. You're not no. declaring an urn. No, you? no, I'm not <laughs> getting an urn. Now, you know There's you've got difference. You've only got this year to get this Anthony, business out of here. Anthony, <laughs> there is a big difference yeah. between getting an urn and declaring an urn. Right, mate, you're going you down. You need to be aware of the. You're going down the wrong path. There's no urn, no declaring. There's anybody, Rabbitohs fans, you know it's a love job. I'll Anthony? see you in the function later on. Are you a member of South Sydney? My bloody oath I am. How much does a membership cost? Uh, to tell you the truth, I don't think it's about 200 and... I don't know. Why, why don't you know? Well, it just comes directly off your debit. Jeremy Monaghan, anyone listening, could you text me that information? It's, it's, a, bit, under saying, it's a bit under 300 yeah. bucks. So you're saying you, you do these gigs that yep. you would normally invoice... Mm. Well, probably you wouldn't normally invoice, to be fair. But you would normally <laughs> be paid for. Yeah. But for South, you do it for nothing. That's yet, exactly yet, right. Yet they do not even give you free members. They give me what goes. South is my family. What goes on between family, Paul? Right. So, so you not a, you don't have one team that you're loyal to. Can I ask uh, you a question? Uh, yes. When your wife says to you, "Honey, I've got to go to the shops today. Yeah. Can I borrow fifty dollars? Right. What do you do? Do you give her fifty dollars? Well, she just goes and gets it straight out of my right. account. You don't invoice her, do you? No. So she's family. She's family, right? Like South Sydney family. Yeah, this mate, you're you're not you're like a lawyer. You're carrying on like a lawyer today. Obviously, you've got to bed on time last night, and you've come to work firing, haven't you? Hey? Oh, fresh as daisies. Oh, the first I've, had a, I've had it fresh now. Yeah, it's the first week of the finals, Anthony. So I thought I'd you didn't go out last night. No, I didn't. Mm. No, no, I sat there watching the footy with my daughter. What about you, hoops? Before we move on to some matters pertinent to rugby league, yes, Anthony. I've got a couple of tweets coming in already about your biceps, suggesting well, mate, I would. If they get mine. any bigger, yes. you'll get punted from Fox because no one can have bigger biceps than Matthew. Well, I wouldn't be in that sprayed-on <laughs> shirt that you've clearly had in the dryer for at least the last 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. I wouldn't be pointing too many fingers in. Righto, boys. Let's Now that we've got that off our uh, chest, I don't know what that achieved. Uh, if you're still listening, if you're still listening, let's talk about some matters pertinent to the great game of rugby league. Uh, Penrith 29, Roosters 28, Canberra 32, Sharks 20. Let's start with this one last night. Storm 36, Parramatta 24. Ryan Pappenhausen went burko. Uh, Cam Munster went bunter, but of course he left the field injured. But I tell you what, didn't they turn on the razzle dazzle last night, boys? The Melbourne Storm. Yeah, they were very good. I thought Parramatta were exceptional though, the, the way they began the game, and I thought that they really took it to Melbourne. But Melbourne just have this wonderful ability to sit down and absorb the pressure. In, in, in origin, I think this is a lot the Cameron Smith influence. In origin, Queensland have this saying that they talk to each other about absorbing. So they never actually say to each other, we're under pressure. They never actually acknowledge they're under pressure. When they know the Blues are coming after them, they just say, well, we're in this period, we've just got to absorb. And they know at some point the momentum will change. And that was very much Melbourne last night. They just absorbed everything Parramatta took. Parramatta kicked out to a 12-0 lead, but it never flustered Melbourne at all. And then once they started to then get a, a, a fairer share of possession, 
off they went. And that, that was tre- tremendous, I thought. Geez, it was entertaining, wasn't it, Kenny? The Eels shooting out of that 12 0 lead and the way that they were spreading the ball. And I think Greg Alexander made the point in commentary for Fox League that Parramatta were playing like the Parramatta Reels team that shot themselves out of a cannon earlier in the year yeah. and looked as though they were a genuine premiership threat. And, uh, but you're right, in relation to the Storm, uh, they're such a champion side in the way that they can absorb pressure, wait for the right moment, needle away at the opposition and then just go crack bang. And last night it, it was Pappenhausen and it was Munster and it was some of those bigger forwards uh, that just punched holes in the eels. Mm. And w- what about Parramatta here, boys? I-, I might play you a little bit of audio from Brad Arthur and we'll, we'll, we'll go to Parramatta as well because they got some injury dramas to come out of that game, as has Melbourne. But here's Brad Arthur in the press conference after the game. Yeah, look, it was, it was tough. Um, showed plenty of character. Yeah, it was brave. It's just dumb. Some key moments, big moments at critical times in the game. Um, and you can't do that against the Melbourne Storm. They, they iced their moments and their opportunities. And yeah, so, but we'll, we need to learn from it. But the, the uh, pleasing thing is we didn't go away. We kept fighting. We had, you know, some blokes out of position, probably hurt us a bit, but you know, to that credit to those guys, they, they tried their best to do their job and best they could. Well, I don't think Mike is done for the year. Um, and Ferg, yeah, I'm not sure Ferg left those scans tomorrow. He's, he's maybe a chance. Massive blow for the team. We've got other blokes who need to step up, but it's, it's sad for Mike. You know, he's worked hard and um, it was his birthday today, so, but it's. What it is, it's footy. That's Brad Arthur, the uh, coach of Parramatta on last night's lots. Let's start with those two injured players. Blake Ferguson, we'll know more about tomorrow. But Blake Ferguson, he looks looks making some uncharacteristic mistakes at the moment. I, I actually think Parramatta... Look, I don't know who they would bring in uh, in place of Blake Ferguson. But I don't think it's a bad thing for Parramatta. I, I, I think last night he, his lack of speed off the mark got really exposed. There's no doubt he's, he's been a flyer his career. But the, the amount of times that he got caught in no man's land defensively, he had to stop and turn and just didn't have the pace to even stay with mm. the Storm Wingers. And I know he's he's over there. He's got a, well, he was on uh, Addo Carr's side, wasn't he? So yep. I, I know there's Addo Carr's a, a noted flyer, but even what was happening inside, he couldn't stay there. So... They, they they got really exposed in that area. Poor old Blake just a number of times got shown up for his lack of speed. And, look, he's getting older and he's slowing down a little bit. I, I, if Parramatta can go out and find someone there who's got a bit of speed and defensively is, is, is safe, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like Blake's a great player, very good player. Mm. But uh, he really got – they worked him over last night. We should point out in relation to the Eels and in relation to that point you just make about them working Fergo over, it's been their right edge, Parramatta, over the course of the last yeah. couple of months where opposition yeah. sides have, have torn them to pieces and it's Blake Ferguson, it's Wanga Blake, but the injury to Sivo last night meant that Brad Arthur performed this crazy major surgery yeah, where he, yeah, had, um, he, he had Wanga Blake over playing on the left side and he had Jennings over on the other side and he was trying to stem the tide of Melbourne who clearly had a plan to attack uh, that right edge. I I thought in the circumstances, 
you know, Fergo tried to hold his hands up as much as he can, but he's always been one of those rocks and diamonds players where he'll win you a game in a big moment, but then, as we saw last night with that kick that he mm. ultimately dropped and then Melbourne scored off the back of it and continued to power on, uh, he can come up with a clangor as well. Yeah. But where does that leave Parramatta now, do you think? I mean, they're going to play the winner of this game today, yeah. and the winner of this game today is going to go into that game with a lot of momentum, particularly... Going off the back of the way, that if, it, if it is the Rabbitohs today and on the back of last week, by geez, I'll have their hands full. Well, are you confident, Anthony? Oh, I think South will flog this mob today. Either if you're coming down the F3, turn round, go home. The Bunnies, in my head, they've already beaten Newcastle. They've already beaten Parramatta next week. Mm. <laughs> hey, warming up for this afternoon, huh? No, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, look, I'll tell you what, I, I, don't, I wouldn't write Parramatta off. I think Parramatta last night uh, showed a lot of improvement. The, the, the sadness for Parramatta is what we saw last night, they haven't been doing uh, in recent times, so they couldn't sustain it for long enough last night. Their, their first 20, 25 minutes was really, really good. And it was like that, that, that's winning football. But they haven't been playing that way for probably two months, maybe longer. And because they haven't, they couldn't sustain it, particularly against the Melbourne Storm outfit. But the run last night will do them good. And as far as next week goes and how they will go... Depends on what happens today. Now, whoever wins today, what's the nature of their win going to be like? It mm. could be a scrappy, terrible yeah. win. The other team could just you know, complete 45% and not get through the game and they, they, they bumble their way through. It all depends. You talk about momentum. Momentum is very important at this time of year. But they need to get through today. They need to, particularly South, they need to carry what momentum. They need to start tough again today. They need to start like... Last week didn't happen. That there wasn't sixty points scored last week. They need to go into semi-final mode, and they need to go out with a defensive mindset. And once their defence is right, South Sydney, their attack comes on the back of it. If South go out looking to score points, they forget all about tackling, and that can be a problem for them. If they go out with that that real tough defensive mindset, kick in, then they can go, get going, and they can get some momentum. And obviously, we know there's plenty of points in there. So. Look, I, I, I'm a Parramatta fan. I don't. I'm not worried at all at the moment. Okay. I, I just think you know Parramatta are still in this competition, and if they can build next week, if they build on whoever they play, build on what the, we saw that first 25 minutes last night, then the following week that puts them in the game again. Yeah. Well, what about? Um we look at these now, it's kind of set up the way we thought it would be because Penrith have got the week off, Melbourne have got the week off. They finish one and two. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd ha- it's looking like, at the moment, the way they conducted themselves across the weekend, they're going to be very hard to beat, particularly with a week off. Well, history says that the sides that... You know, win in the opening week of the finals, get themselves straight through to a prelim, get the benefit of a week off. More often than not, you're you're in the box seat. You're holding pocket aces, uh, and then it just depends who you play in that prelim and how that unfolds. So, look, no question, it's no coincidence that they finished first and second at the end of the regular season, Penrith and Melbourne, and now we see the opening weekend of the finals, and the form reads true. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Melbourne Storm again, boys, who have the week off and of course they are always favourite in any final series, they're always one of the favourites. Pappenhausen played his backside off last night and so did Cam Munster. Cam Munster left the field toward the back end of the game with an injury to a knee. So let's talk. listen to Craig Bellamy talking about both those players, origin and, and the results of what happened last night. No, he's our best player by a mile and um, 
you know, if he wasn't, you know, if he hadn't been the team, we, we, we wouldn't have won, you know. That's, that's basically is the rap you can put on him, but, yeah, he, he was everywhere. And, you know, it's, it's great that he wants to, you know, that, that kid just wants to be involved, you know, and, um, you know, he, and I, I got no doubt he can still improve with his game. Um, you know, the more he learns about the game and um, some of the situations he gets in. Um, but, you know, he, he, he'll put himself in the picture and, you know, he's got the pace, obviously, to, you know, make a half chance into a full chance, you know. So, yeah, he's a, he's a tough little rooster as well. So, um, yeah, we love having, having him in the team. We uh, certainly enjoyed having him there tonight. I'm no crazy, son. Like I don't think Tedesco's the origin fullback for the Blues, but do you think he could be a good super sub? Yeah, yeah. I said before, you know, he's not going to take Tedesco's place. You know, like Tedesco's, you know, if not the best player in the game, he's he's up there with him. So, um, yeah, like I, I think he'd be ideal on the bench, and, and that's where he started with us. Um, you know, on the bench, and we used to put him on for ten minutes, you know, um, before half time and play in the ruck, you know, he's like I say he'll, he'll put his head in there to make the tackles and then he adds a bit of speed to you, you know, and I think the game you're talking about is when we played Parramatta up here in the magic round. And uh yeah, he just come on and blew him away, you know. So um yeah, I, I think he'd be ideal for that spot if that's what, you know, the blues want. Um, you know, if Freddie's looking for a guy to come on and add some pace and you know, and, and still not, you know, shirk away from, you know, if you have to make some tackles, he's the ideal bloke. Craig, um, is it best case scenario with Munster? Do you think he'll play the prelim? Oh, uh, it's that, that's a little bit, um, you know, it's obviously two weeks away, so they don't think it's anything too serious. Um, so we'd like to think that he will be. So um, yeah, I, I didn't really know. I, I, um, I actually thought it was his. Um, his good leg, but apparently I thought it was his his left was his bad one. But um, yeah, so I think they think he's he's got a little tweak, um, and uh, you know we just I suppose you know got him off it there at the end because you know we didn't want to be any, any worse, and you know so. Um, but they don't think it's it's too serious, so hopefully he'll be right for uh, two weeks time. All right, we'll work. Uh, that's, of course, uh, Craig Bellamy. We'll walk back there. He, he started off talking about Pappenhausen, then went on to Cam Munster's injury. Cam Munster left the field. He's had a couple of issues around the knee this year. Left the field, threw the mouth guard out in disgust. He's going to have a week off anyway. Do you think, Hoops, that they can win the Premiership without Cam Munster? No. No, I don't think they can, Anthony. You've only got to look at that game last night. And, uh, you know, we go back to the opening of that match and the Eels shot themselves out of a cannon, scored first, you know, through energy effort and a a little bit of opportunism. Then that second try that they scored was just as good as you'll see when Gutherson, when they went left to right and Mm. the length of the field, like that was just sheer brilliance, as as good a rugby league as you'll see. Um, And Melbourne at that stage of the game were on tilt a little bit, which if you go back to the 2018 grand final, it was a similar story. Like the Roosters were were rushing them and and they were out-enthusing them and they were pressuring them in every element of the game and they were making uncharacteristic errors, errors that Melbourne don't normally make. They're normally such a side with a high completion rate and they just get through all the little 1% areas of the game and they just looked slightly as though they weren't vulnerable but they were certainly on the back foot. 
Um, and it was Munster and it was Pappenhausen who managed to really uh, drag him out of it with flashes of brilliance. And uh, Munster's ability just to play what he sees in front of him is better than anybody else in the game. He's one of my favourite players. And to answer your question, no, I don't think uh, they can win the competition without him. Also, crucially, like, he's already been out twice this year with a knee medial mm. injury, right? Uh, from his reaction last night when he threw yeah. that mouth guard over the sideline and all that, and I know Melbourne are attempting to play it down, you know, I reckon he'd be racing the clock to feature in that prelim final. Wow. What about um, Pappenhausen there? Came into the discussion with Craig Bellamy and then came into the discussion with some of the other big-name fullbacks, e.g. Uh, Tedesco. Is Pappenhausen, how far off is he, Kenny, of being in that league? Oh, he's not far away at all. You know, Tedesco is quickly proving himself as a once-in-a-generation player, so it's probably a little bit unfair to, to compare him to Tedesco. But I will say the Blues now are looking for a centre, given that Tom Travojevic has pulled out. Now, I don't know if Pappenhausen plays centre, but that really brings him into calculations for an outside back job, maybe on the bench. Whatever they're looking to do there, I'm not quite sure what Brad Fittler's thinking, but he's, he's, he deserves to be spoken about in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, and he certainly deserves to be regarded as one of the premier fullbacks in the game today. Like, without Tedesco, you would argue he's the best fullback in the competition. So that's how high he is. Unfortunately, Tedesco is a New South Wales fullback for, mm. for the you know, same position Pappenhausen's after. Oh, look, you talk about whether to, just back on Munster, whether Storm can win without him. I'm I'm with you, Hoops, from the point of view that he's so crucial to them. But this is such an unusual season that the one thing we don't know, the only team that's really healthy at the moment and could probably stand a few injuries is Penrith. Mm. But having said that, Penrith are only one halfback away from being in trouble themselves. Mm. So it's like every other – the Roosters are busted, the Raiders are busted, the Storm are busted. They're all – Basically, they're 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 all Parramatta after last night. They're all on fumes. They're all just trying to get through. It's been a really tough, grueling year as far as injuries and the toll physically it's taken on players for a number of reasons. For the for the fact that they've had no weekends off. There's been no buy rounds mid season like we've seen in the past. We've had uh, players have been unable to stay over after a game. Therefore, their rehab has been affected. Uh, they've had to do a lot more travel in most instances than what they normally would do. Uh, the, I think Melbourne have been have benefited by the fact they've been on the Sunshine Coast and, and in some respects have done not a lot more than what they normally would do. But every team's been knocked around injury-wise, except Penrith. Penrith are still flying. Penrith could still stand a few injuries in, in key positions. If they lost a, a centre, for example, or even Luai, you'd bring Burton in. Yeah, they've got... They've got They've got depth still in, in, in crucial areas. The only injury that the Penrith couldn't, I think, sustain is, is clearly Cleary and perhaps Apicorosau. Yeah. But other than that, they can take an injury, one or two injuries in, in any position. None of the other teams can. They are basically running out what's left. They're luckily for them. It's still key players. But that's where it's at. But So Melbourne, but if, if Penrith somehow get knocked off in this preliminary final... And Melbourne will be on the other side of the draw by then. Melbourne go in against whoever beat Penrith. 
They're a chance again, even without Munster. Mm. They're, they're a chance again. It just it all depends. Where I reckon Melbourne, if Munster is unavailable for the prelims, say Kenny, they've got to play the winner of the Roosters and the Raiders. Now, this is brilliant in terms of the narrative for the final series because Melbourne and the Roosters, best two sides of probably the last 15, 20 years, yeah. the Roosters and the Raiders have got this great rivalry and so do Melbourne and the Raiders from last year's finals mm. when the Raiders knocked them out. So... I could if, if Munster's not available for that prelim, I reckon he's a big out depending on whoever they're going to end up playing out of the chooks and, and the groom machine. Boys, I've got to take a break because we've got the great Kevy Walters ready to join us to talk about his new appointment as the Broncos coach. Gordy Tallis will be floating around too. He'll come on because we are live at ANZ Stadium, a beautiful Sydney afternoon. We're rocking the NRL finals today at four. Dan will call that game for your Knights versus the Rabbitohs as Triple M rocks the finals. Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. It's a beautiful Sydney day at ANZ Stadium. Kickoff at four o'clock today sees the Rabbitohs up against the Newcastle Knights. If you're heading down the, uh, well, it's the M1 now, isn't it? Not the F3 as I called it. But remember, it's double demerits. And a big hello to all the coppers uh, on the M1. I see you driving the Beamers now, boys and girls. Nice. Uh, guess, <laughs> guess where they're listening to us, guys? Where? In their cop car. Dubbo Zoo. Oh, Dubbo Zoo, where the we uh, fit right in there. Yeah, where they uh, where the Dubbo Zoo Cafe. They've got us cranked with the monkeys and the chimps and the koalas. Oh. Aren't monkeys funny? I'd love to have a pet monkey. <laughs> Would you? Yeah, I'd love them. Uh, mm. They're so funny, monkeys. Mm. They wash. They rid of the grandkids. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. I think. Well, you have... blow up about your grandkids drawing on the wall. What do you think a monkey's going to do in your hand? <laughs> oh, probably. Uh, uh, he probably poo in his hand and throw it. Oh, well, no doubt. But mm. I'll tell you what. That'd just be the light end of what they yeah. can come up with. Oh, monkeys! Can you imagine what they do to your car? Oof. Yeah. Not the right? Camaro. Suddenly it doesn't no. look so good, does well, it? Well, you know, there's, there's not many Camaros. Mustangs, they're every, on every second oh. driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Camaro. Because you know? they, they hand the Camaro their yes. backside every time they go head to head. All right. Well, look, let's uh, not get into a whole thing here, Kenny. Oh, okay, mate, mate, you're the sensitive one. <laughs> no. You're the sensitive one. Well, I'm one the one that's always getting picked on. Oh, but not, you're not getting picked yeah, on. I'm always you're, getting picked on. You're always lines. talking about how much money you make off oh, air. Oh, I never. I never, ever, ever. You ever? You always. <laughs> yeah. Anthony, what did you just say in the ad break? I said I'm going to Adelaide for Origin to host a function, and Did, I, I can't see what the. That's my job to go around hosting functions. Is there some folding there? Uh, there's an invoice for a payment. I'm not going oh, there for nothing. Please come on. Let's be, Let's be honest. $250 in it by the time I take out expenses. Oh. <laughs> come on now. Okay. That's come the on. funniest thing that's come out of your mouth today. No. You're like that at Linda Evangelista. Remember she said she didn't get out of bed for less than 10000 <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, you're like this. Uh, uh, uh. Anthony, can we do a job? Yeah, how much? Oh, five grand. Uh, no, I can't do that. It's cash. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if someone wanted to pay me five grand to do a job, I would fair them do it in the nude. Don't oh, worry about it. Oh, that. don't start. Yeah. Oh, no, Listen, no, we've no, had no, enough no. of these problems, all right? All right? Okay. And uh, particularly after the operation. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you might get a few more gigs. You might few uh, you, might do, yeah. After uh, the operation, you might get a few Mate, five grand. We've got to get you into bed earlier on a Saturday. You are <laughs> <on> a <holiday. laughs> Now, boys, uh, the good news is, 
Um, Gordon Tallis has finished mowing the Frizzell's lawn. He's on the Gold Coast. Gordy Tallis, are you there? G'day, guys. How are you going? Fantastic, mate. What did you have to do? What was going on? You'd have, have to Well, you guys out. changed your clocks. So right. in Queensland, we just own the same time every every day of mm. the year. And, uh, yeah, and I was talking to the producer through the week, can you get Kevy on at one twenty? And I just looked on Instagram. It says we're coming on at 1 p.m. So I just thought it was exactly the same time that I'd yeah. come in at the same time. But obviously I got it wrong. Jeez, yeah. mate, how do you run a bath? How do you get yourself ready? But anyway, let's we'll come back to that because we have actually got Queensland Rugby League royalty on the phone. Uh, our old mate, Kevy Walters, welcome to the Sunday Sin Bin. Anyway, thank you. Great afternoon, isn't it? I've just got a message for Gordy. Gordy, I've just got off the phone from the Regatta Hotel. You left your wallet there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I wish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, well, well done, Stephen Bradbury. <laughs> the new Broncos coach, Stephen Bradbury. Oh, <laughs> the only one that didn't fall over. <laughs> oh, no, Kevin. <laughs> That's cool. Congra- start. <laughs> yeah. right. So welcome to the show, Kevin. Yeah. No, look, great to be here, uh, fellas. Uh, look, excellent week for me personally this week, I've got to say. Um, disappointing to, to have to relinquish the Maroons job, um, but certainly great to... Uh, to be, you know, now named as the head coach of the Broncos. It's something I've been striving for for the last 20 years, basically, from when I finished uh, playing in 2000. We won the premiership with Gordy. Uh, yeah, since then, it's been a, it's been a long road, but a, a very rewarding road as well. So what's the first work you did for the club, Kevy? Uh, well, just, yeah, just getting in. Uh, two things we've got to sort out. First up, uh, Keddy, is the, the playing roster, and there will be some changes there, I can assure you of that. And also... Uh, just sorting out all of our staff and performance staff and assistant coaches, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's going to be done hopefully in the next sort of seven to ten days and then we can really sort of knuckle down and get on with season 2021. Kevy, I'd love to ask you what changes you're going to make to your roster. I know you're going to, not going to give me specifics, but can you tell me, that unless you've got specifics, you want to tell me a few names, that would be great. But if you don't, <laughs> but if you don't... No, but if you don't, tell me, tell me what's driving the change and what you're hoping to achieve. Well, there's an imbalance, you know, across the board on, on, on the Broncos roster from mine. I've only had a brief look at it, you know, on Friday. Um, you know, across the board of, of ages and games played and this sort of thing. So, you know, I think that's pretty glaring to everyone. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, just getting the best out of those guys that are in the roster. I felt that didn't happen with a lot of players this year as well. And that, that'll be part of my role next year and and all of the coaching staff and all of the performance staff is to get the best out of uh, the available talent there that is there at the moment and which I think everyone would agree that didn't happen this year I mean they had some some uh, some players as individuals that, that you know had years that they could be very proud of guys like you know uh, Pat Carrigan, Payne Hass, uh, Katoni Stages, you know these sort of guys but there's a lot of guys in there that certainly underperformed and um, that's that's my job, as I say, and the rest of the coaching staff and the performance staff to make sure that doesn't happen, you know, in season 2021. How do you address that with the players? Well, uh, once we get them back in, I'll, I'll be having uh, some discussions with them before they come back to training, of course. Uh, they're all out of the bubble now, the Broncos. They left the bubble on, on Friday morning, so they've got good access to them now. Some of them will be in, you know, uh, involved in State of Origin, which you know, I think is going to be great for their development. But then those that aren't, uh, we'll, we'll sort of get to all of them uh, at some stage between now and when they come back to train to make sure that they got the right mindset, you know, about 
you know, and very some very clear instructions about our season, you know, 2021, and and their role that they will need to play in the club for us to turn this around. Kevy, one of the big criticisms of the Broncos this year was that they were devoid of leaders. And, you know, Pat Carrigan, you just mentioned, is obviously a very young player. He was elevated into the position of being one of the co-captains at the club. With Darius Boyd now retired, what are you thinking in terms of, do you think you need to bring some new people in that are seasoned and experienced? And in all likelihood, one of them may well end up being the captain of the club. Most certainly, Hoops. Uh, that's an area that we've got to you know, put a lot of attention into, the, the leadership group at the Broncos, and firstly identifying who those who those players are, and if they're not at the club at the moment, well, how do we get them into the club as such? Because um, you know, that's certainly an area that we're, we're, we're looking at heavily. But, you, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I said in, in front of the board in my um, interview process was I, I feel there's a total disconnect from the, from the Broncos club to the, to the community and their sponsors, um, their members, their corporate people, the fans in general, I, I feel there's a total disconnect. And that's part of my mantra is to make sure that, that there is a connection between that and, and also the players as well. I feel there's a, there's a disconnect amongst them and the, and the playing staff. That's what I can see just from the outside looking in. Uh, and it was pretty clear to me to, to pick that up. You see little things in games and different situations um, where this has been happening. And it's a no-go zone for me, and that's one of the first things, once we all get back together, that I will be addressing. You talk about that disconnect, Kevy. I know of a, a former player of the Broncos who now has a, a corporate box through his company. He's never had a phone call from the club. Well, there you go, mate. So, you know, you can't just blame it all the season on Anthony Seabold. You know, that, that, that would be terribly unfair. There's a lot of things not going right at the Broncos um, for them to finish where they are. But, you know, there are some good people still in there, in the building, working, some some, some players as well who, you know, have done the right thing this year. There are others that, that haven't. So we need to, you know, draw a line in the sand as such from, from old terms and uh, let's all get on the same page together. So that's players, coaching staff, the administration staff of the Broncos Club, the board of the Broncos Club, the, the, the CEO of the Broncos Club, the chairman of the Broncos Club. Let's all get together and with our members, fans, sponsors, corporates, anyone who's been involved at the Broncos, we need to all get together and be on the same page and roll together. And that's a, when, when we do that, we're, we're going to be a very powerful club. But that is going to take some time to, for that to happen. But when it does, the Broncos will be back, you know, that, that super club that we know that they all can be. Yeah, Talk, um, yeah go on. Keddie, you go. I was just going to say, Kevin, just on the back of that, talking about Anthony Seabold, uh, he has been made the scapegoat for the season. And yep. I spoke to somebody at the club uh, recently who said the sad part about this year is that the players will just basically shift all blame onto Seabold uh, with a lot of people happy to heap that uh, blame on him and the players will walk away essentially unscarred from it because it's just easily, easily done to throw off onto the coach. Uh, how do you make the players well, more accountable? And secondly, the entitlement that is in the group, which I'll yep. be honest, I've witnessed and I think it is off the charts. It is how off do you the get charts, rid of that? Yeah. Well, mate, that's simple, mate. We, you know, we go and explain you know, the rules of, of the club and, and their responsibility as a member, they are a member of the Broncos Football Club. You know, surely if we dangle those wooden spoons in front of their, their eyes, that's that's enough. You know, it's wrong to to just blame Anthony Seabold for the season that the Broncos had. It, it's just 
disrespectful to Anthony and disrespectful to, to everyone in the club. Everyone needs to shoulder the responsibility of what happened in the organisation this year. Everyone that's directly involved in the club. And that'll be my mantra as well, to make sure that that responsibility is taken and that it doesn't happen, you know, in future years. Yeah, Kevin, um, it's a big job ahead of you. What, what, what's, um, you know, every coach, like they leave a legacy. What do you want yours to be? You know, just say it's 10, 15 years' time. What's, what style of football are your teams going to play? Well, they're going to play a, a style of football that we, we played, Gordy, you know, through the 90s. Uh, you know, I think the Broncos, when you think of the Broncos, you always think of their attacking flair, which is, you know, one thing that, that we were always very strong on. And you've got to have the right players to, to do that. So right now there probably needs to be some change to the roster, you know, for that to happen across the board. And secondly, defensively, mate, we, the Broncos were known as a tough, gritty, yeah. defensive defensive team that, that never, never gave up. Not different, No different to the Melbourne Storm or the Roosters, what they have now in their systems. That was the Broncos of old. And it slowly drifted away in the last four or five years. You know, again, not blaming Anthony, but the last four or five years, the Broncos have increasingly got poor defensively. So that's part of my mantra, mate. I, and, and the other thing, and, and I always remember the, the first day, you know, that I walked into the club, the, the, the directors told me, and I, was, uh, I wasn't there from the start, I was there, I went there for the 89 pre-season, and it was told to me very clearly by the directors and the board and explained to me and by the head coach that you're, you're now at the Broncos club, we are part of the community, you are not only playing for yourself and your teammates, but you have a responsibility to the whole community here in Brisbane and across Queensland to do your best every week. We want our fans... When you play at Suncorp Stadium or Lane Park, it was known then, when they walk away from that stadium, we know you can't win every week, but they need to be proud of their team and their performance. And that yeah. hasn't happened for the last, you know, two or three years. So that'll be the legacy that I want to leave, Gordy. Yeah, well said, Kev. One of the other massive stories that's been around this week, Kev, there's been your appointment, there's been Wayne Bennett's appointment back into the Queensland State of Origin Arena, and then there's been this link with Craig Bellamy possibly coming in as a coaching director in 2022. How would you feel about having Craig come in in that role 12 months into your tenure? Yeah, look, I don't have a problem with that at all. There'd be 15 clubs, well, 16 clubs in the in the NRL that would love to have the services of Craig Bellamy, you know, on their on their staff. Craig is a person of uh, great character, knowledge of the game. His success is clearly there for everyone to see. I mean, there's the storm performance last night. That's what that's what I want the Broncos to get to, and we're a long way off that now. I thought it was a tremendous uh, game last night. Even the, the Parramatta Eels were in it up to their eyeballs. So that's where you know I walked away from that game there last night, like thinking. That's what I want our Broncos team to look like, you know, and however long that takes us, it's going to take us and it's not going to be easy. You know, the Storm have been at, at their top for, you know, 10 years now, you know, in the NRL and consistently in the top four. But it's not about top four for me. It's about winning premierships and that's what we need to get back to, to doing. Kevy, how realistic is it Craig Bellamy being there in 2022? I, I don't know, honestly, mate. I haven't had a conversation with Craig about that or I haven't had a conversation with the club about that I'm, I'm sort of I don't I don't really if Craig gets here he'll, he'll be a huge asset for the club if he doesn't you know what we survived without Craig Bellamy in years gone by and we'll survive again if he doesn't you know park his shoes in at the Broncos I mean it's a bit unfair to to be talking about Craig and him coming when he's you know got such a big job in the next four weeks you know with the Melbourne Storm I, I believe they're a you know, big contender for the finals and uh, he's signed next year as well at the Storm, so 
yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit unfair on Craig to be discussing it, really. Kevy, what are you doing now with Origin? I understand you don't actually finish until October 31. Wayne's coming in now to coach the side, uh, which begins, I think, no- November 4 is the first game. Yeah. But there's a handover process. So what, what's your actual input now into the Maroons between here and, w- and when Wayne has finished his commitments at South? Yeah, well, I haven't had much of a chance to have a chat with Wayne and see exactly what he wants, but I'll sort of be working with him in the transition period of, of him taking over uh, the Queensland side. So his side is playing this afternoon. If they get knocked out this afternoon, well, I, I guess he would step in virtually straight away. But if not, if they continue on in the Premiership, well, I'll continue to, to you know talk with our players, convene our players. There's not a lot to do, though, anyway, because uh, the players that, that um, have been knocked out recently, well, the Broncos last weekend have got two weeks mandatory, um, you know, uh, no training as such by the RLPA and teams that, that uh, the players that drop out this weekend, you've got to have two weeks off. So, um, yeah, at the moment I'm just communicating with all the players and our staff uh, in the Origin Arena and just working to get that right so that when uh, Wayne does come in and it's his opportunity to take over, that, you know, the ship is sailing, you know, in the right direction. Huge food. I- but, but look, huge shoes to fill for Wayne Bennett. I feel sorry for him, to be honest with you. <laughs> he's in a situation, isn't he? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, well, if there's no wins, there'd be nothing like nothing's changed then, sir. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kenny. Hey, Kenny. 3 0 Queensland, mate. Get on, get on board, big fella. Uh, $2.90 to take the series, Kev. Good on you, Kevy. Give me some of that. I'll have some of that. All right, mate. We we'll let You're you go. Loud. Best of luck. No. Good on you. There he is. What a great man he is. Kevy Walters will take over as head coach of the Brisbane Broncos. And uh, we'll take a break here. That's gone quite a while, that interview. We'll come back and we'll talk more uh, rugby league. We do it thanks to our mates at Bryden's Lawyers. Uh, You can give them a call on 1-800-848-848. They commit, they protect and succeed. With Paul Kent, Triceps Hooper, Gordon Tallis and Maroon. We'll take a break and come back with more as Triple M rocks the finals. Sunday Sinbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, getting a lot of calls about that Kevy Walters interview. We'll try and get that back on a little bit later on in case you missed any of that. Still to come, we'll talk more about that uh, Canberra Sharks game. And right now, though, it is time for this. From the makers of The Earth is Flat and I'm Only Having One Beer comes I Call BS. Ah, yes, this is where we let the boys just talk, call BS on anything they like. If you've got something that's you want to get off your chest, you call BS on it. So uh, it's as simple as that. Paul Kent, I can see that you're coming off the back fence. You would like to go first. <laughs> yeah, look, I just want to talk, uh, talk about this, Anthony. Way back when Jack Gibson was coaching rugby league, one of his golden rules was the only reason, the only excuse you have for not getting up in the defensive line is if you've got a broken leg and cannot physically get there. That was part of the attrition that was in the game. Now, what's happened over time with all this, you know, uh, I suppose duty of care and the rest of it, is we got to a situation where last night, with about four minutes to go in the game, Melbourne ahead by 12, and Parramatta going after them. Parramatta had the ball and had momentum. Suli Vunavalu in back play goes down with a cramp, and the referee called time off. 
There are so many reasons why this should not be part of the game. One is about the historical heritage of the toughness of the game and that battle of wills and the, the war of attrition. But secondly, it's a tactical ploy too. Parramatta had momentum. The clock was winding down. They had probably three sets left in the game. They needed to keep going at Melbourne on the back foot. And all that momentum was arrested by Vunavalu going down in back play with a cramp of all things. And the referee called timeout. Melbourne reset their defensive line, copped a breather. And that, from that moment on, Parramatta weren't going to win the game. Second to that, not only did he then go down with the cramp, he got up from the cramp and then the, the, the trainer was looking at something on his wrist or his hand. I wasn't quite sure what he was trying to look at. Probably because it was not actually an, an injury there, but they were buying more time. And the game, the referees, the officials of the game were con by it. And because of this duty of care, if a player's injured or hurt, we've got to get to him and make sure he's okay, they we call time out now. But it's being exploited. It's being used for reasons now that shouldn't be used. And the fact is, players have never been better looked after in the game. There is no reason in any circumstance, except if the player is in the ruck, the injured player is in the ruck, there is no reason... For them to get, for them to call timeout. The game. Well, how do we change it, Paul? Get it out of the game, Gordy. Just so, don't, so, just, just so like say if play the trainer on. puts his hand up, that player has to leave the field. So then they stop wasting time. You think something like well, that? Well, something like that, Gordy. Look, there's a, look. I haven't thought all that through, Gordon. As far as because there's always the problem with it when you go down this line is there's always degrees, okay, of, of shades of grey. But the fact is, when a player's down with a cramp, the referee should have just said, mate, go. I don't get the whole stop play. If you're not involved in the play, if you're not involved in the ruck, it should be just play on. They will sort a way through it. Too often we've got to come up, and this is a, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself here, but too often when we don't like something in a game, we bring in a rule to fix it when what we should be doing is just letting the game naturally sort itself out. Now, it sounds like I'm contradicting myself because I'm saying get rid of that rule, but the fact is that was a rule that was introduced. It never used to be a rule. But it's a rule that's now been introduced into the game. It's now being exploited, and it's ruining the game, and it's a tactical ploy. There's no way in the world a game should be stopped because a player has a cramp. It's embarrassing. Now, what will end up happening is if players will go down and they'll, they'll pretend it's not a cramp, they'll pretend it's a, a head injury or something something more serious, so then the referee will feel compelled to stop the game. But, again, that could be then your point, Gordon. If the player is down and it's regarded as that serious, he just goes off the field. All right. Yeah, well, I've we said it before. Like the, the referees aren't doctors, so they shouldn't stop the play. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But we're, trying, we, we're, we're now going – we're erring on the side of – Oh, no, he's injured. He looks like he's serious. The doctor, the referee's making, in some respects, a medical call. Certainly the trainer is going to indicate to the referee, mate, we need to stop play because the trainers are out there for tactical purposes as much as they are for the, for the welfare of the players. And the, and the game needs to understand that and actually say, no, guys, not, a, not anymore. Get rid of this. Because the game is, it's an endurance sport. It's always been an endurance sport. And, and part of the... One of the great pleasures of this year was we brought some of that back into the game. We, we got the six again. We got the one referee who just allowed the game to flow more easily. And that's been – everybody has, has applauded that as a bonus for the game. But we can't 
now have it undone when a team is defending a 12-point lead. There's four minutes left. They're on their back foot defensively. So a player goes down with a cramp and the referee just ruins what's ha- what's left of the game by calling timeout and letting everyone regroup. Okay, well, we'll have to stop it right there because Paul Kent's taken your time, uh, Hoops. He's taken your time too, Gordy. So maybe you want to call BS on Paul Kent. But we're going to take a break and come back with more <laughs> oh, as Triple M rocks the finals. You're red hot. <laughs> Sunday's Inbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Woo! The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Nice to be with you on a Sunday afternoon. Triple M rocks footy. And welcome once again, a beautiful afternoon in Sydney. We are here, 4 o'clock kickoff for Newcastle versus the Rabbitohs. Crowd really starting to build here. Uh, Kenty, Hoops, and so too Maroon. Now, uh, boys... I was listening to um, one of our competitors who also is involved in rugby league. Mm. I was listening to him on the way home last night and I thought we might have to make some changes in 2021. Hoops, I'm looking at you now. And I thought... (laughs) (laughs) There's only one change that's going to get made here, chainsaw teeth. Is there any any way... Yeah, there will be a change. I'll be doing both shows. Just kidding. Here we go. Have a listen to this guy on air last night. He knows he's rugby league. Have a listen to this bloke. You go for. Well, I don't have much time, but because I live in the uh, district of the people that I should be following, the Knights, then... Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Follow. Who did they play? I don't know. I, I don't know because we weren't, uh, we weren't showing that particular game. It has changed. The game itself has changed a hell of a lot just recently. It has. They're doing a lot of, lot of um, passing it to... The people that are directly behind them are wherever that it's necessary to get it uh, happening. And I think it's a terrific <laughs> addition to the game. Terrific. I like it that, that way. Yeah. Mm. Well, he's, he's the gun, that fella. I believe his name's Carter Edwards. And by oh. gee, he knows he's rugby league. I tell you what, he's lucky he's, he was talking to someone with three sheets to the wind because <laughs> she thought he was making sense. Uh. Oh, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what Where did you find that? Get him on 360. <laughs> oh, I would oh Gordon. See, listen, Gordon. Mate, we can't, we, we can't all live your lifestyle, Gordon. Uh. Can't, oh. hey? Mate, oh. mate, look. <laughs> Gordon, the first prerequisite of 360 is actually being able to look at your clock. <laughs> yes, look at yes. your what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Triple M. <laughs> Couple of hands on it. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, uh, leave it there. Hey, what, Anthony? This got very loosey-goosey. It did, didn't it? Live at 4 o'clock this afternoon, Dan will call Newcastle and South as Triple M rocks the finals. Sunday's Inbin is full of experts. If you're looking for expert legal advice, have a chat to Bryden's lawyers. Triple M rocks footy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.